Okay, everybody, let's take it from the top. To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Hi-ho, everybody. Welcome back to Disney Plus Us, just another world's Disney Plus podcast. As always, I am your host, Griffin Tunnell, Griffy D-Pad, and we've got one heck of a show for you today. We are sticking in the realm of Pixar yet again, which is really kind of interesting for future plans, but I'll not talk about that until I actually reveal what those plans are, but that's all rambling, and let's just actually introduce our guest this week so I stop doing whatever it is that I'm doing right now. Guest, introduce yourself. Hi, how are you? Hi, hello. Thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Sammy V, um, at Dr. V on Twitter, uh, and I'm here to talk about my favorite Pixar movie. Sammy, I already feel like I've cheated you, because normally I give people a much better introduction than that, <laughs> but that is just where my brain's at today. You're good. I do not do anything uh, interesting. <laughs> There's not too much to introduce. We've got my Twitter in there, and that's basically uh, what my my free time is devoted to. Yeah, fair enough. Um, This week, (laughs) we're talking about Ratatouille, which, funnily enough, talking about Twitter, you had put out a tweet. I'm not going to bother bringing (laughs) it up. (laughs) It was like... Yeah, so what happened was I... This was just a spur-of-the-moment thing. I thought, hey, I really like the movie Ratatouille. And I've got like a lot of friends in the sort of podcasting world. Um, So I just made a tweet that said something along the lines of, Hi, uh, my name is Sammy, and I'm a massive fan of Pixar's Ratatouille. Um, If you have a podcast, want to have me on your podcast to talk about Ratatouille, uh, let me know. I have absolutely zero qualifications besides loving Ratatouille. Well, luckily, those are the only qualifications you need to be on this show. We have a very low bar. It's don't be a piece of shit. Perfect. Can do. I'll, I'll do my best anyway. <laughs> nah, I saw that tweet and was like, oh, this is going to be perfect. We're going to have a good time here today. I'm excited. But yeah, we're talking about Ratatouille. I'll go ahead and just throw out the details really quick. Released June 29th, 2007 with a runtime of 111 minutes. Budget of 150 million, box office of 620.7 million. Wow, it made its money back. <laughs> Good. Uh, directed by Brad Bird, starring Patton Oswalt, Ian Holm, Lou Romano. This is a great cast looking over this. <laughs> Minus Will Arnett. Will Arnett's in this movie, but that we can look over that. <laughs> Do we not love Will Arnett? I don't like Will Arnett. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I, I there's uh, there's occasionally just random actors. I'm like I just I don't vibe with you, and Will Arnett is one of them. Hey, appreciate that. Uh, we also have Brad Garrett and Peter O'Toole uh, doing so much heavy lifting. Yes, seriously. With such small amounts of uh, screen time. Mm-hmm. I, and I Janine can... Garofalo as uh, as uh, oh my god, what is her name? I don't want to. I don't uh, want to just input like Colette. I was gonna say just like Marie or some other French name, and I didn't want to do that. Well, yeah, you have names like <laughs> Linguini, Emile, Anton. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. It's fair. Um, honestly, though, the thing I consistently forget about this movie is that, yeah, Patton Oswalt is Remy. <laughs> like, See, just... this, is, this was my uh, introduction to Patton Oswalt, so I, imagine my surprise when, like, a couple of years down the line, I uh, decided to get into, like, 
listening to different stand-up comics and i find out that Patton oswald is one of them and not necessarily a raunch like the raunchiest comic but like i don't think disney exactly did their research either <laughs> yeah i've like for me i know him just and then he keeps popping up in other stuff too mm-hmm. um turns out he does a lot of work with disney <laughs> Yeah. Wait, what else has he done? Um, so in the current Spider-Man series, he's Uncle Ben. Oh, I love that. Um, he's been <laughs> in a bunch of like the Mickey Mouse stuff. Um, he was Mr. Sparkle in the Big Hero 6 series. And then, uh, honestly, one of the things I know him for more recently is he's got like a reoccurring role in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Or I just had, because that show's over. Oh my god, you're right! Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I honestly, that show did not get nearly enough credit. I'm gonna. I don't think so. Yeah, I, I was. Um, sorry, go ahead. I'm, I'm just. I'm throwing it out there. Of like, y'all didn't give this enough credit. You should have. Y'all should have watched this more often. <laughs> no, that was some of the best like comic television until like Marvel really started committing to TV stuff. But that's that's. It's, I could rant about Agents of Shield for a while. <laughs> yeah, Agents of Shield came out in a time where it was like Agents of Shield and Arrow, and that was it. Right. <laughs> and Arrow was pretty hard to beat at the beginning of Arrow's runs. But that's I'll not admit, I have not watched any of Arrow. Or I, I really any of the uh, DC properties. Oh, there it goes. <laughs> um, Craig, no. Yeah, I was... I was, like, religious about those shows when they first came out. Because <laughs> um, just outside of it, I was a huge Green Arrow fan. Because I was like, oh, Green Arrow's from... He, works out of seattle he works out of the pacific northwest i live in the pacific northwest this is cool <laughs> and i i used to get like weirdly territorial about like anything pop culture that took place in the pacific northwest like me and I life can, is I strange can... was weird <laughs> oh i bet <laughs> that in gravity falls i'm sure yeah Gra- gravity falls i need to do a gravity falls episode at some point just because of how good that show is <laughs> That's that's some masterpiece shit, I think. But yeah, we're here. Am I allowed to swear on this podcast? Oh yeah, you're allowed to swear. I should probably ask. (laughs) It is a Disney podcast, so I figured. Oh, we are not a family-friendly podcast. Might as well. Awesome. (laughs) We have a lot of so it's fucking rad. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. Now we're here today, though, to talk about Ratatouille. You picked Ratatouille, so I have a couple questions for you about that. First off. I'll go into the normal questions. What's the best looking food in this movie? Oh, hell. Um, it's a toss-up between the ratatouille itself, the, the titular ratatouille, and um, the... It's a, it's a couple different ways of toss-up. Because it's, it's between the ratatouille, the soup that, um, that Remy first makes where him and Linguini first sort of interact, and whatever the two bits of trash, I think one was like like cheese and popcorn or some shit like that. It's where you first see Remy's um, sort of like musical yeah. fusion flavor um, sequence. Uh, I think about that every time I put two different bits of food in my mouth. <laughs> yeah, for me, it's just that cheese in the fridge. Like that oh, cheese yeah. does not need to look that good, but it does. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love this. Okay. They- the actual questions I have yeah. to ask for you, though, Sam. Yeah. Uh, why Ratatouille? Why do you love Ratatouille so much? Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> I, I think it's because it... In, in What's the runtime on this thing? It's uh, 111 minutes. In, in that short amount of time, they do 
a really good job of sort of um what's the uh, like like personifying or like displaying um a lot of the ideals and values i hold dear like anyone can cook um uh, someone's like family legacy doesn't have to be your own legacy you can make it your own um women have just as much like a uh, right to be in a workplace as men do like there's there's so much uh, like philosophically at uh, that philosophically with ratatouille that i vibe with um especially like i i i thought it was good as a child but like especially as like a sad adult it's it's just it's the perfect comfort food of a movie ratatouille is the comfort food for sad adults that's that's our tagline for this episode no i totally get what you're saying though this Uh i forgot how strong colette's character was in this Mm -hmm. like she is the backbone of this entire movie um at least in my opinion yeah um (laughs) and yeah this movie like 2007 I I almost want to say it was before its time, but honestly, it shouldn't have been. <laughs> like it's it's so strong in the method, me- the message of anybody can do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just they take those words "anyone can cook" and say, "Okay, let's make sure that that is the entire movie. The entire movie can be summed up in those three words." That's true. I, I, I think for me that like the, that specific phrase was uh, very formative because I watched that 2007 would have been like mid high school for me. And like shortly after I decided, hey, I want to be a doctor. Uh, and, and that same sort of like I, I, I didn't have like the same sort of pedigree that a lot of people who go into like doctoring uh, typically do. Um, so I, I, I do sort of relate to Remy in that way. But uh, um yeah, just the the idea that like anyone anyone can do whatever you like set your mind to, or or the phrase uh, what was the quote later in the movie? Um, uh, not everyone is is cut out to be a great chef, but a great chef can come from anyone. Something to that effect. Yeah, uh, I think I, I took that and ran with it for about fifteen years, and then I did eventually become a doctor. So thank you, Remy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can really run with that phrase, and it it is really inspiring. In the way that mm-hmm. Pixar just always nailed. And it's definitely interesting watching this movie after watching stuff like Soul. Um, which is very much, a, it's a much more down to earth, but it's still always follow your dreams. Like this, mm-hmm. this idea of you can be whoever you want to be and do whatever you want to do is something that Pixar loves to use. And looking back, to me at least, Ratatouille was... was really the the start of that of them making sure that that is a theme in all of their content i i have said many times on the show how big of a pixar fan i am mm-hmm. um because it's 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 bad guys it's real obsessive <laughs> um but it is never not totally impressive to me what they do like I'm looking back at through um some of their filmography here, and like after Ratatouille, we immediately got Wally up in Toy Story three. So like the four four of the best Pixar movies, <laughs> all in that span. Yeah, they did all right there, I think. <laughs> yeah, and then they had Cars two after that. 
We don't need to talk about it. <laughs> and then Brave. Actually, I like Brave. Brave. Brave's Brave is one. good. I like I, Brave got slept on, I think. Yeah. Um, some fun things. This film won the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature. It was nominated Damn for right. four more, including Best Original Screenplay. Um Yeah, it's not it's no surprise this won awards. Um what I want to shout out though before we kind of go any further is the music in this. Yes, I was I was hoping you'd talk about this. <laughs> and I want to shout out uh Michael, I'm totally going to butcher this last name. Giacchino? I think so. uh, Giacchino some, something like that. Yeah. Uh I want to shout out him in particular because the just take a wild guess without looking. What do you think was the movie that, that he did right before this? Right before Oh, before this, I don't know. Um, I know he... Oh, no, didn't he work with... Uh, um, he was, like, responsible for the Incredibles theme, right? He was, but that wasn't his movie right before this. What did he do before this? Mission Impossible 3. <laughs> he went from Mission Impossible 3 to Ratatouille, and then to Cloverfield and Speed Racer. W- Listen... The man has the range. <laughs> oh, it goes further. Because he also did Star Trek. He did The Muppets, Wizard of Oz, Sky High. Jesus. He's, 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 I, I feel like Michael Giacchino is, is on the caliber of like your, um, your John Williams's, your Danny Elfman's, and like Hans Zimmer. Oh, definitely. Yeah, more recently, he's done um, the Spider Man MCU movies. Yeah. Um, the Jura- the Jurassic World movies. Um, oh, he's on for uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Oh, that'll be good. Neat. Also, Jessica, I'm looking uh, Do- at it. Wikipedia says that the next Spider-Man movie is going to come out in 2021. And I just laugh at that. <laughs> <laughs> Wikipedia? Are you sure about that one? It's like, nah, <laughs> you're wrong there. <laughs> All right, what do you say? We talked about it a little bit. What do you say we actually jump into the plot here? Let's do it. All right, folks, this is that time where if you are trying to avoid spoilers for a movie that came out in 2007, stop the podcast now. What are you doing? Uh, But if you don't care for, again, a movie that came out in 2007, spoilers, go ahead and keep on listening. Or just, you know, boot up Disney Plus, go watch that movie and come back. Because this movie starts out on a TV. That's meta. <laughs> um, yeah, this this movie does love uh, the sort of meta uh, 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 setting and also just uh, uh, criticisms. But uh, oh yeah, yeah, we'll we'll get to that when we. Get it to also ego. starts off with like very much the French being full of themselves with cooking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're like, yeah, we're the best, and the best is in Paris. And if you're gonna have the best in Paris, then you have to go eat. At Gusto's, where August Gusto is the chef. He is good. He is amazing. Uh, he is world renowned for his idea that anyone can cook. But unfortunately, he was doing great. Then he uh, received a bad review from Anton Ego. And again, with that meta humor, um, <laughs> they lose a star a little... and he dies. <laughs> Yeah, a little on the nose there with uh, the antagonist's name, but we'll get to that, I'm sure. Yeah, it's it's something. Um, but yeah, no, Anton <laughs> Ego gives them a negative review. They lose a star, and Gusto dies of a broken heart. 
This is all just information we know because this movie's not really about Gusto. It's about a rat named Remy. Um, he and his colon- the rest of his rat colony are living somewhere in Paris, or not in Paris, somewhere in France. They- we're not we're not even close to Paris yet. <laughs> um, where they are, you know, scavenging for garbage like rats do. And honestly, I'm kind of just impressed that they were able to make us care so much about rats. Right? Like, listen, I, I, I love rats. Like, I've got, I've had some friends who, who have owned rats, uh, and they're very smart creatures. Uh, and also, I, I think they're cute. Uh, that's just me. <laughs> I remember one time I was in, I studied computer graphics, and we were, had to mm-hmm. do this like assignment where we had a 3D model and texture a rat. Um, and I was chatting with my friend, and they were like, oh, wait, I'll be right back. They ran off, came back about 10 <laughs> minutes later, and they had ran home and grabbed their pet rat. Love that. It's like, <laughs> A, I appreciate your, your commitment to this. B, how far did you have to go to get this rat? <laughs> I hope they live close, like on campus or whatever. I, I have more questions if they live on campus. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, you know what? Good point. <laughs> But yeah, um, they really do make us care about rats. It's cool. Uh, they're scavenging. Um, Remy has this special ability. He has a um, heightened smell and um, taste. So he is very much a foodie. He loves good food, and honestly, I can't blame him for that. Uh, but he also has this uncanny ability to smell rat poison, which his dad, who is the head of the colony, immediately sees as a job that Remy can use. So, Remy becomes the clan's poison checker, hates his life, which, honestly, I can't blame him on that either. That job looked <laughs> like it sucked. I forgot that that was the, that was, like, um, like, the, their use for his, for his nose. Uh, and I think that already sort of lines up the, where a lot of, like, millennials in particular uh, can relate to Remy. And that, uh, ah, I have this passion to do this one thing, like... I want to. I want to do food. I want to. I want to taste delicious things. Uh, but I'm stuck in this sort of dead end job, uh, just because it's it's pragmatic. Yeah, it's what I it's what I can do right now. Mm-hmm. It's what people expect. Um, yeah, Remy hates it, but occasionally he gets to sneak off and go into the elderly woman's house, taking ingredients, reading, watching TV, kind of while being more human uh, than rat. There he learns to cook, reading uh, Gusto's cookbook, which is aptly titled, Anyone Can Cook. <laughs> um, I love the theming in this. Every once in a while, they beat you over the head. <laughs> this is one Tiny of those bit. moments. <laughs> um, yeah, they do that. Eventually, one day, he finds a mushroom and some cheese. Um, and he's like, I need to cook these. Runs up to the uh, roof with his brother Emil, who is... Emil does not... Uh, Emil is a great character in this. I love Emil. <laughs> I, 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 I both love Emil and hate Emil sometimes. Like, he's just... He is that... He's the brother that you kind of... You know, you gotta keep an eye on, but you don't necessarily want to keep an eye on. <laughs> they do a good... Pixar does a good job with older brother characters. They do. Isn't that the whole stick with um, Onward? Yeah, it is. With Chris <laughs> Pratt. Hmm. That was Chris Pratt? That was Chris Pratt. Huh. Yeah. Moving on. 
Um, yeah, so they go up there. Uh, lightning strikes. It's great, but Rami realizes it needs one thing. They need, I think it was saffron. Um, so and there's only one place good. to get that. It is the kitchen. So they go into the kitchen. Uh, and just like you expect, all hell breaks loose. Um, they're watching Gusto doing his, his his thing on the on the TV. Uh, eventually, though, I forget how they alert the woman, but she, she wakes up. Um, the roof falls down. There's a bunch of rats up there. Like this yep, is tiny bit. It's <laughs> a comical amount of rats. They all run off. It's raining. Everything's going to crap and hell in a handbasket. So they all flee into the sewers on their boats. Remy running behind them because he went to grab the book before leaving. Um, ends up getting separated from them in the sewers, which can only be described as the se- sequence in a Pixar movie I most want turned into a roller coaster. <laughs> that would make for good water park content. Mm-hmm. And, we, and there is a Ratatouille I... ride, too. Ooh. So it's like, I w- they didn't do this. Next, t- next time I go to like Disney World or Disneyland, wherever that's at, I will definitely be trying that. I think they're putting it in Disney World. Um, nice. I know. I I appreciate. Sorry, go ahead. You go ahead. You go ahead. I was I was gonna say. Um, I appreciate this scene a lot because in sort of the older uh, generation, of, like Pixar movies, um, the like okay, Bugs Life is what I'm thinking of specifically. Um, the sort of impetus for the plot is is Flick, uh, his hubris and like uh, like hey, I can I can do this better like. Um, the, the the ramifications for that fucking up in a bad way uh is the uh like ant colony like uh purposefully casting him out but in this movie uh in like one of its less beat you over the head with it uh um sort of moments uh like the the consequence is just that he uh gets separated from his family he's like uh like the consequence of his hubris is just that he uh like he's alone uh, and yeah. they don't need to like take any moments of like ah you're banished from the rat colony. Uh, I thought I I really appreciate that. Yeah, there's no separation and there's there's no animosity. I should say that's a better mm. word for it. There's definitely separation. Um, and I like that it plays in of like they want Remy. They don't want Remy gone. They want him back. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it it kind of adds into that pull from both sides of Rami's life further down into the movie. Um, we'll, we'll get there, though, um, because we're mm-hmm. still in the stewards. Remy, um, you know, he's there. He's talking to Gusto in his cookbook because he's now hallucinating. Mm-hmm. Gusto becoming a recurring character that Remy talks to in his times of need. Um, he climbs through a bunch of houses, tries to steal food. Is like, you know what? Better not. Climbing up, realizes he is in Paris and right across the street from Gusto's restaurant. Um, I love that uh, that shot specifically because the the first um, call it five ten minutes in the movie where you're you're in that sort of countryside area, uh, the colors are very muted. It's it's like a sort of drab, rainy, uh, gray uh, color scheme. But as soon as uh, Remy pops his head over like the the roof and you see all of Paris, you see the Eiffel Tower off in the distance, you see Gusto's, uh, it's it's such 
bright, colorful, vivid, rich, uh, uh, just imagery. Uh, I, I, I think it's, I just think it's nice. <laughs> yeah, I like it. And you kind of start to see it like in that first apartment when he goes to take the bread. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just see it in the people. And then you kind of start to see it more and more in the food as the, um, as the movie goes on. Mm-hmm. Colors are cool to me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and then also just like with the music in this scene of like it swells as he comes up and sees Gusteau's. And then there's Gusteau's line of like, yes, I meant to lead you to my restaurant. <laughs> Michael Giacchino's uh, uh, moment to earn that Oscar nomination, I think. Yeah, it's it's a good moment. Um, but yeah, he runs down and checks it out um, and observing the restaurant, seeing everybody working, doing their thing. Um, here we get introduced to a bunch of the different characters. Um, most importantly, Alfredo Linguini, who mm-hmm. is the new garbage boy. Um, he was he is the son of an old friend of Gusto's, who's like who's just looking for his job for a job. Uh, they, the chef. Oh, why am I forgetting his name all of a sudden? Chef Skinner. There we go. Yes. Chef Skinner uh, hates him right off the bat. Doesn't want them to hire him. Doesn't want to hire him, but they already did hire him as the garbage boy. Uh, And right off the bat, he's doing a bad job. Um, He ends up spilling a soup and tries to fix it, unintentionally ruining it. Uh, it's not good. It's it's real uh, bad. <laughs> it's not good. Also, real quick on Linguini, if this movie had come out in 2012-2013, he would be uh, that... He would be... He would have replaced the Onesler in terms of, like, characters be, that are thirsted after. He, he's, he's, he fits that mold, I think. <laughs> yeah, I can see it. <laughs> it's not a comfortable thought, but it's one I have to sit with. Yeah, it's it's not a thought that I like, but I, I understand where you're coming from. <laughs> Listen, you invited me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did, didn't I? <laughs> um, but yeah, this... <laughs> no, yeah, that's a thought that is going to uh, live in my head for the rest of the day. Great. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no. yes, also... I. I liked I liked his intro because we we like if you've ever worked like food service or anything like you can relate to the oh man I just fucked up like this whole order or or whatever just the the intense dread uh, and I think actually around the time when this movie was released I was working at um, AMC theaters where they had like the um, like the dine in sort of situation was was just becoming a new trend um, and I had definitely spilled like good number of. of um, drinks foods etc uh so that that was a, a upsetting <laughs> yeah i used to work in food service i used to cook mm. even i'm in a, in a dining hall i don't miss that job oh yeah <laughs> but yeah um alfredo Th- linguini screws things up um rabbi kind of giving the play-by-play in the situation um he and en- ends up fixing it running down there and just kind of having to dodge everything and everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually like really love the camera work in the scene of w- whenever he has to do stuff like this. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, goes and fixes the scoop. The soup gets caught. Um, 
At which point Skinner uh, confronts Linguini, being like, yo, dude, why did you screw with the soup? What are you trying to pull here? Um, but the soup is already served, and it is a success. Skinner, totally ready to fire Linguini regardless. Um, like I said, clearly doesn't want him, doesn't want him around. Uh, but Colette steps in and is like, dude, you, he just served like the best meal we've had to like one of the most famous critics around here. You can't fire him. <laughs> yeah, this is this is like... Uh, I didn't realize this until like a more recent rewatch, but like she steps in as like the um, almost spiritual successor to like the idea that anyone can cook, like from the jump, like uh, like as soon as, as Skinner is like, well, we have to kick them out. I'm not going to do a French accent. I'm terrible at it. <laughs> but Skinner is like, ah, oh, we got to kick this guy out. Uh, Colette's like, no, 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 no. Like if if we kick this guy out, we're betraying the whole um ethos of this restaurant yeah exactly it's it's really interesting watching it because you kind of see like everyone else in the kitchen has kind of gone along with the new normal if you will with mm-hmm. skinner trying to force everything into frozen foods and mm-hmm. get rich get rich quick schemes essentially where colette is like let's actually preserve the integrity of what they're doing let's actually make mm-hmm. good food uh, Fall Gusto's recipes. That's another one that she does. It's, and even then, like she learns a little bit in all of this situation too. I, I can. This is one of those movies where you can genuinely say that everyone comes out of this a better person at the end. Yeah, I think so. Except, except Skinner. Yeah, I was gonna say, except maybe Skinner and <laughs> and the health inspector. Uh, yeah. <laughs> which I learned recently in the UK version of this movie, the health inspector uh-huh. is played by Jamie Oliver. Oh, that's fun. I like mm-hmm. that. <laughs> Just a fun shout out there. Um, who's, oh, who's in the U S version? Uh, I don't or think he, has, like, he doesn't a, say anything in the U S version. Ah, uh, well, um, for Jamie Oliver getting, getting his small gigs in where he can. <laughs> Yeah. Poor guy's definitely desperate for work. That's <laughs> yeah, a lie. He's, he's very, very famous and successful. <laughs> Honestly, though, I feel like Jamie Oliver is the kind of person that I'm totally just putting my own ideas onto this man. I don't know who he is. I don't know his personality at all uh. off camera. Um, I feel like he's the kind of guy who doesn't stop working. Honestly, yeah, probably. <laughs> um, but yeah, at this point, uh, Remy's trying to sneak out of the kitchen, uh, but gets caught. Um, Linguini is told to kill it, the rat. No, not in the restaurant. Don't, what are you, insane? Go kill it somewhere else. Um, but Linguini can't kill the rat. He is a good guy. He doesn't want to kill anything. And again... Gives me, uh, flashbacks to Emperor's New Groove where, like, Kronk had to kill Kuzco, but, uh, couldn't do it. Kronk is... I love Kronk. Kronk is the platonic ideal of a himbo. Yep. Best boy. <laughs> he's just, yeah, yeah. I got no, I got nothing else to add to that. Just yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's... Linguini then is like talking to Remy, totally not realizing Remy totally understands him. Um, they have a conversation and Linguini decides to keep Remy with him. Them coming up with a plan... Linguini also knowing that um, Remy was the one to save the soup. 
Um, he takes them back to his tiny little apartment where he barely gets that bike in. Um, yeah, that's relatable. <laughs> like, it has this really crappy apartment, but it also has, like, the greatest view of the Eiffel Tower I have ever seen. Yeah, what? how much is this guy paying in rent? I have someone... It, I feel like this is, like, the French equivalent of, like, the Friends apartment, uh, where it's, like, oh, these people who have, like, these low-paying jobs can somehow afford this very nice place in, like, a nice part of town. Obviously, his his situation is more cramped, but it's it's well, the also, same like, sort of energy. He also just had to pay for a funeral and stuff, so it's like I do not know how he's mm-hmm. affording that. Right. <laughs> Although honestly, maybe he got a bunch of money from Gusto after Gusto died. Except he doesn't know that Gusto's his. Uh, well, could have given it to his yet. mom, who gave it to him. Oh, could be yeah. Okay, this is like the like the most dumb point that we do not need to be thinking about but here we are um anyways yeah beautiful shot of paris and rabbi is just in love he he loves paris loves the city loves cooking um they both go to sleep the next morning Luigi wakes up and thinks remy stole a bunch of his food and ran off in actuality remy was cooking for him uh the scene is largely like just kind of a fun bit, but I just want to point wanted to say it here because I love the fact that Remy eats with a key. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, he eats with a key. I, and he I, has I like his just... little mini omelet. <laughs> it's cute. I think it's just very sweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they run off, the, and at work, Linguini is ordered to replicate the soup, which he eventually does with the help of Remy. Um, but they uh aren't really able to communicate at first. It's going really bad. Remy's just running around him, biting him. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There really isn't any communication. Um, So they run off into the fridge, and this is where we see that beautiful, beautiful cheese. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> I really just want to go eat cheese right now, and I really shouldn't do I... that. <laughs> it is taking everything for me not to hang up the call and just go into the fridge and just hork down a bunch of cheese. <laughs> See, I watched, I ate lunch like as I was watching this movie earlier, mm. so I should be good. <laughs> not stopping the craving for cheese, though. Um, but yeah, so he's they talk. Um, Skinner comes in scaring them, and... That's how Remy ends up under Linguini's toque. Um, or toque, I don't know how to say it. Cause I think it is toque. To, yeah, it's toque, because toque is the like the beanies with the ball on them. That's, that sounds right. I don't know enough about hat terminology to, to be qualified for this. <laughs> I just know too much about beanies. Fair. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, he ends up there. Um, Linguini's about to run straight into the waiter and a shit ton of food. Or Dirty Plates, I don't remember which. But Remy, um, controlling Linguini, um, helps him dodge it. Uh, the waiter says nothing, but you know he's impressed. <laughs> <laughs> um, from there, they realize that they do actually have a way to communicate, and they practice, 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 practice. And our favorite thing from this movie, that's right, another montage. Oh, oh we well. love a montage. <laughs> this is the first of, like I think, three or four montages in this movie. That's a so there's two interesting points. One, uh, Linguini is Remy's Jaeger, and that's very fun for me as a Pacific Rim fan. Yeah, but two, uh, like uh, more on like montages, I, I really like the pacing of this movie because it's not as like, um, 
Well, the, the structure of this movie in general is 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 I think unique from most sort of like uh, movies aimed at children. Like take Up for example. Like I mean, most Pixar movies will, will follow the structure, but it's the the main um, goal is to get from like A to B, like get to Paradise Falls, uh, get to um, back back to Andy's house, that sort of thing. Here, it's more like. Um, about like personal emotional um, career type fulfillment sort of things uh so the pacing uh isn't as direct it's it's you get sort of like truncated uh time skips it's 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 I, i've seen it described as being paced like an indie movie and i, I dig that a lot actually yeah i like i kind of keep bringing it back to this point but this is this is really the beginning of a of a new era of pixar movies where it was more emotional growth rather than like you said get from point a to point b mm-hmm. and not on- to say that there's not emotional growth happening in like toy stories but uh just just the the plot structure is is more um traditional i think exactly it's, it's definitely cool like looking looking back at these and seeing some of the um some of like the what's the word i'm looking for patterns there we go mm-hmm. the, some of the patterns and how they how they do tell their stories and how that's changed over time it is cool to look back on. <laughs> Maybe that's 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 a that's a video or a podcast for another time. Like actually looking back and analyzing that and seeing what oh, what's just changed. Trends in movies, yeah. I'm gonna write that down in my notes for the future of things to do. Um, <laughs> beside that, though, where were we? Um, they're cooking. They they've practiced the montage. Um, they're really getting used to it, and they're really becoming good friends. While this is happening, um, Colette has been ordered to teach Linguini how to cook, and um, she is brutal and cruel, and Linguini loves her. <laughs> um, she hey, is Linguini? the toughest chef to Me too. <laughs> yeah, fair. Same. <laughs> Same. Yeah, she is. And you, you see her warm up to Linguini throughout the montage. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I love this this particular scene so much of her teaching him. It's it's really good. Mm-hmm. Is this this is the one where um, you get introduced to all the uh, kitchen staff? And yeah, you find I was out just about to get to all that. of them were. <laughs> okay, like, go ahead, go ahead. Like you roll up to uh, the this crew like in a back alley, you run away. <laughs> I think my. <laughs> Like, the classic is, I killed a man with this thumb. I think um, about that a lot. <laughs> but I, I really appreciated on this one of, he was part of the revolution. He won't tell us which revolution. I'm pretty sure he lost. <laughs> <laughs> like, holy crap. I hope he's cool and not, like, you know, a Nazi or something. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> but yeah, they have some really good ones. Or, like, he's been banned from Vegas and Reno. <laughs> like they had fun with that and I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, Linguini really becoming part of that. Um the best one being like the We are we are cooks. We yes, we or we and they just keep saying we, but they bounce between W E and however it is you say <laughs> spell the other one. <laughs> I don't know French. Oh it's uh O U I. O U I. Yes. Yeah, I've, I've got I've gotten far enough in Duolingo to know that. I hope I was I was a Spanish kid. 
Fair. And then tried Japanese for a term and was really bad at it, so I left. <laughs> I went pretty far with Japanese, but it was entirely useless. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> not not a lot of Japanese folks in Kansas, it turns out. Oh, really? Who would have thunk? <laughs> I know. <laughs> not me. Anyways, while all of this is happening, Skinner comes upon some uh, interesting information. Uh, he finally reads Linguini's mother's letter that Linguini had given to him at the beginning of the movie. Turns out he Linguini is Gusto's son. And based on Gusto's will, the rightful owner of the restaurant. Um, he freaks out about this, talks to his lawyer. Like, shout out to the lawyer in this movie as well for having to deal with Skinner's shit. <laughs> um... Skinner also just slowly going crazy as this all happens. Um, he's constantly seeing Remy for like glimpses, but he's almost—he's almost getting gaslighted about this. <laughs> That's a good way to put it, actually. Remy is a little bit gaslighting Skinner. <laughs> he is in like, but it's also funny. It's oh, yeah. Skinner's just a <laughs> shitty human being. <laughs> He's not great. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's going crazy. Um, and this all comes to a comes to a head when Skinner's meeting with his lawyer to confirm Linguini is Gusto's son. And he just goes on this rant about rats and rats and rats. <laughs> and the lawyer's like, should I be worried about you? <laughs> this is this gonna be a thing I need to watch out for? And you know that he dropped that the the rodent line at the end of this purely to to mess with Skinner. Oh, entirely. Like that's the line here is like I had to send the hair back to the lab because the first time it came back as rodent hair, which you know what it probably <laughs> did. He's probably not wrong, but that's just a that's just cruel. <laughs> <laughs> everyone everyone is sort of gaslighting him a bit. Yeah. Um again while all this is happening, um Remy has reunited with Emil. Um gets Emil some food and Emil kind of just starts to bring more and more people to Remy. Being like give us the good stuff. Give us the good stuff. Um but on that first meeting with Emil, uh he takes him back to the clan. And they have got, like, a great little society going down there. Mm-hmm. Like, it looks awesome. It looks like a party. <laughs> um, if I were, like, a little tiny person, I would absolutely hang out with them. But, yeah, Remy's kind of explaining, of like, hey, these humans aren't all bad. Uh, his dad shows him the house, the, the store, just for Rat Killer. Which seems a lot like Overkill. Like, no exterminators, just going to focus on rats. Right. <laughs> it's a very uh, niche market. Yeah, yeah, fair. Uh, he splits off from them, goes back. Da, 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 da. We have the food stuff going. Honestly, like, you can kind of tell this movie's a little bit of a blur, even though I just watched it, because a lot of stuff happens. Um, It's that indie it, pacing. It's really good pacing, but man, if it doesn't <laughs> screw up my brain. Sure. <laughs> Um, somewhere along the lines, um, of Remy getting the food, he has to go get the key to unlock a door. Um, and then also at one point, uh, Skinner got Linguini drunk. Um, Yes. 
the the rat patootie scene. Yeah, these aren't the same scenes, but my brain's <laughs> weird right now. I don't know what's happening. Um, so yeah, he goes to get. It's the drunk scene first because it's when Linguini's doing really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, rat patootie. Um, which is just a joke that I, my family stuck with making for years after that. (laughs) And looking back, I'm not sure why. I feel like every family, or at least my family has, has those like running jokes that have like basis in like Disney movies. And at at some point we just do them to keep the joke going. (laughs) Yeah, fair. I, I, it was definitely something like that. Like I, if I had to guess my little brother got a hold of it and just ran with uh. it <laughs> but yeah so that we, happens we, we quote, i was just gonna say we, we, we quote the lion king quite a bit around this house that's a good one to quote <laughs> it's pretty quotable for one though we quote probably quote cars the most just because my family really likes the first cars movie fair enough <laughs> kerchow and what have you <laughs> but yeah i'm trying to think what else happens here uh this is i think this is also around the time that linguini and colette yeah because the next morning he goes remy comes back that's when he meets a meal dad yada yada mm-hmm. yada um the next morning because linguini was told to clean so he falls asleep at the restaurant comes back we have this moment where remy is tr- essentially trying to talk to colette for <laughs> linguini mm-hmm. um she slaps him, waking him up after Remy's just <laughs> failing miserably. Um, Linguini's about to reveal his secret, and in panic, Remy forces Linguini to kiss Colette. Uh huh. Yeah. Which, which saying the... that sounds a lot worse than it is actually portrayed in the movie. That is a good point. Yes, I <laughs> I think a lot about the the uh, the. I have a rat. You have a rash. <laughs> a loss. <laughs> that was that's another really good joke in this. But yeah, they mm-hmm. they kiss. They start to develop a relationship, and you see that in a bit in the uh, in another montage coming up here in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just gonna say after that because just why not? Um, this is when Remy is getting the food from the key. Uh, and finds finds the will um, while talking to a bunch of different gustos because mm-hmm. for some reason all of the different gustos for the different frozen frozen foods have their own personalities. I enjoy that a lot, and actually, I I, I enjoy that um, we they use gusto um, as like a form of inner monologue because they, you don't get to uh, like because of the obvious language barrier, um, you don't get to see uh, Remy and Linguini. Um, communicating so you can't really get uh, Remy's personality from that relationship as much Um, but having him sort of internally monologue with his uh, French Brad Garrett ghost um, uh, (laughs) we we get we get to see more uh, of what like Remy values what what's what is Remy's deal so I thought that was like a cool way to as well absolutely I think I think it's a, a clever way to do it and it's fun also yeah, it's Especially. something I hadn't thought about actually until playing yeah. Kingdom Hearts 3. That's like, oh yeah, no human knows that his name is Remy. Right, because he's like the little chef. He's or little chef. Right? Uh, yeah. And the only reason I recognized that, my... that was because in 
Kingdom Hearts three, they all refer to him as uh-huh. Little Chef. Right, because that was that was one of the, the things I was most excited about in Kingdom Hearts three was was just seeing Remy. I spent a lot of time in that restaurant hanging out with my rat friend. Yeah, I'm still playing through that game. Um, uh. Just I've beaten the game, and now I just kind of mm-hmm. hang out and play. So my Fair goal right enough. now is to finish all of the finish all of Remy's like dishes and stuff, and it's always so fun. Mm. Um, off topic completely, though. <laughs> well, actually, not totally. I'm gonna say it's not actually. I'm gonna say it's not off topic because I just like talking. Remy about Hearts. is there. Yeah, Kingdom Hearts is great. It's also the best Keyblade in the game. Um, the one Remy gives you? Yeah, it's my, it's one of my favorites. I don't think I uh, unlocked that. I, I did sort of like play through that one in the span of mm-hmm. maybe a week. Yeah, that's that. That makes sense. Yeah, you um you get a Keyblade for all for doing like almost all of the if not all of the dishes. Hell yeah! There's a if lot of Keyblades to collect in that game. I bet. <laughs> Um, cause like you get another one, I'm totally off topic now. Um, you, t- you get another one for doing like all of the, like mini, mini game things on the phone. Like you get a keyblade for that, oh, you get right. a keyblade for all yeah. of the worlds. You have ones you can collect. There's the pre-order bonuses. It's like, they were just, they just <laughs> went for it. It's nice that they like re- sort of reward the people who really want to like play the game a bunch with that. It was not necessarily my favorite game, but um, I, I I know that the people the people who like are like diehard Kingdom Hearts fans like seem to enjoy it, so I'm happy for them. Hey, me. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that one. It's one of my favorites. Uh, bringing it back around though. Yeah, Remy finds the will and stuff, and it's like, well, I gotta show this to someone. Um, and that's when Skinner opens the door and sees him there. So Remy grabs the papers and runs. Giving us one of the best chase sequences in this game, in not in this game, in this, <laughs> in this movie. Um, it's so fun, <laughs> culminating in him flying because of the papers. <laughs> which he gets is, lift. The absurdity of this scene is what makes it great. Yeah, like I don't, I don't know why, but like the, this. It does. It does sort of stick out as like an absurd scene, but then you also like zoom out and think about it. Like this is this is a movie about like a rat controlling uh, a a redheaded twink's hair uh, to help him be a good cook, uh, and that that I guess that helps put it in perspective. But yeah, it it is sort of like a silly scene. Oh yeah, it's definitely in, a, in the funnest of ways. It's definitely weird, but it's mm-hmm. it's worth it. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, he takes off. He flies. Um, Skinner jumps after him, but goes straight into the river. Um, eventually, Skinner makes his way back to the restaurant where he opens his office and Linguini sitting there. Uh, he tells him to get out of his office and Colette's like, no, you leave his office. Mm-hmm. Yeah, freaking loser. Mm-hmm. Um, they get rid of Skinner. Like, they don't even, like, give Skinner a lesser position. They just fully kick him out. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, is this is this uh, uh, like legal? <laughs> is that how uh, restaurants are handed down, uh, like by like divine right of chef? Or I think it was just because Gusto <laughs> owned the restaurant. I um, guess I feel like this is some. We should get that lawyer guy back in here. I, I, I don't... feel like he'd be able to help. <laughs> 
I feel like it was just because Gusto owned the restaurant, so he made sure that the next chef owned the restaurant. Oh, that's yeah, I could see that. Um, which you know what? If that's how you want to do it, that's how you want to do it. And honestly, I kind of <laughs> dig that. I listen. I'm I, <laughs> I'm a doctor, not a lawyer, and specifically not a French lawyer. Like I, I just I kind of like the idea of chefs owning their restaurants. That seems nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Seems like a lot of work too. But guess what? It's time for another montage. Yeah, let's do it. This is. I think this is the. This is another great montage here, of just having the newspapers popping up and seeing what Linguini does with Gusto's. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, kicking out Skinner. Um, his first act after that, of course, is getting rid of all the frozen foods. Good. Good. I don't know if it's financially wise, but. Hell yeah, spiritually, love that. Mm-hmm. They're doing better and better. Um, you also just see them, Remy and Linguini cooking together, having a good time, doing their thing. Yeah. All culminating in an interview at one point with Linguini holding the pans like Gusto. Um, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and then also uh, the in this montage, we see some of Linguini and um, Colette dating. Um, mm-hmm. There's a particularly cute scene of them roller skating. Yeah, I remember that one. <laughs> and I remember this scene Very for good. two reasons. One, Skinner looks particularly miserable in this one. That's um, right, because he is sort of stalking Linguini throughout. He is, yes. He wants his restaurant back. Uh, but the other reason I realize this is there's a mime in it. Yes, scene. and that mime is Bomb Voyage. Yes, that's what I was going to get at. Like, of all of the things to reference, okay. But also because that's Why also not? that's also at the uh, Notre Dame Cathedral. Oh, yeah. It's, it's the little thing. I'm going <laughs> to say it's a reference to uh, the Hunchback of Notre Dame, but it's not. I just feel like saying. Yeah, it I, I think I, th- I think in this case it just might be. Uh, hey, that's France. It's not, but I'm going to say it is, and this is the narrative that we're all going to roll with. Everyone all listening, right. I just need you to roll with me here. <laughs> um, so yeah, they're good, they're happy. Uh, but Anton Ego is not. Anton crashes the uh, the interview and challenges Linguini. Um, Linguini then goes back and has an argument with Remy. Remy is totally feeling unwanted and used here, and in his anger, brings the entire freaking clan to the restaurant to raid the pantry. Um, I think this is, in that montage, is when we saw the more and more people showing up. Mm-hmm. Which I cannot get out of my mind, the gigantic rat winking <laughs> from that. Like I said, this movie made my brain go weird. <laughs> um, eventually, though, uh, it gets worse and worse. Linguini comes back to apologize to Remy as they're talking. Um, he then sees everyone and kicks him out. Because, you know, Remy betrayed him. He betrayed his trust. Like, Remy kind of had that coming. Yeah, fair enough. Not great <laughs> partnership to, to, you know, bring in the whole health hazard to yeah. your restaurant. Um, at this point, Linguini kind of is falling apart, not really able to... He's, like, not able to recreate the soup, not able to do anything here. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the next day. Uh, Remy's watching from the outside, and Emil comes to talk with him, as an older brother should. Um, but 
is like, dude, you just you, you got to step away from the stuff. You got to stop being picky. Um, and he goes for this cheese that's very clearly in a trap. Um, Grabby oh, yeah. saves a meal, but is end up trapped and shoved into the trunk of Skinner's car. Um, eventually, though, is saved by his father and that big rat who's... I don't know the name of this rat. Oh, you talking about the dad? No, the big the big guy. Like the buff rat. Well, those, those words I are. think that's Django. Is, is, at least uh, off of what Wikipedia is giving me. Uh, Django is his dad. Like yeah, the, 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 the big, the big leader guy. Yeah, I'm talking about the buff rat that pushes the gargoyle uh, onto the car. Got you. I don't know if he's that given a I name or know. not, but that guy is clearly the muscle. He scares me. <laughs> <laughs> the only other rat listed on Wikipedia is uh, Git. So maybe that's him. Git. All right, this is gonna do a quick search. And if this is who it, I think hope it is. Oh my god, it I is. Mean, buff Ratatouille Rats. <laughs> oh, that's great. Gets played by Jake Steinfeld. Do I know who Jake Steinfeld is? Who's Jake Steinfeld? Um, he is. He's a he's an action movie guy. Gotcha. <laughs> I I could give you a few, but it's, it's a lot of like weird shit. If I'm really being honest. Um. What's funny is he also voices Git in the video game. Off topic. Again, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, they get him out. Remy comes back. Everyone tries to stop him from going in. He just is like, let me do this. Walks in. Every single chef, for the first time in this movie, sees Remy. Mm-hmm. Um, they all, every single one goes to kill him, which means that they're all just going to hit each other and nothing's going to happen. Um, but they all go to kill him, and then... Linguini steps in, says thanks to Remy for coming back, and explains the situation to the crew. Everybody quits. Can't say I blame him. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I, I, I do like... Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was just, I was going to keep on with the plot. You, 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 yeah, you go, go ahead. For it. Well, the, the, I guess it just it, it has to do with uh, them coming back. Um, uh, I... I Actually, here, I'll, I'll let you continue. All right, I will keep going then. Um, they, yeah, they, this is this is just a sad scene. Everyone handing their badges or mm-hmm. handing their stuff over. The sous <laughs> give me your in, gun and your badge. <laughs> yeah, give me your badge and your gun and leave. Um, no, but the sous chef, like, in tears. Uh-huh. Like, that one was like, oh, God. And then Colette almost slaps him but just decides not to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Colette's, Colette's scene on the bike when she sees the book, it's just, oh, it's so good. <laughs> also, that bike is just awesome. It is. She is, She is. I think, my favorite character of this movie. I, w- I would agree with that. She's, she's completely just badass and awesome. Mm-hmm. And she, just just the sort of like moral backbone of the film too. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the at this point Remy's back and Linguini kind of gives up, but Remy doesn't. Remy has his family there, um, and they are there to help him. They all show up thanks to uh, what was his name? Was Django? Yeah, Django. 
Jenga, yeah. Um, at this point, the health inspector shows up, so they tie him up and lock him in a closet. Because that's how you deal with health <laughs> inspectors. I mean, SpongeBob taught us just as much, so I think so. Yeah, true. <laughs> Man, they, animation really likes to just beat the crap out of health inspectors. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, they they get to cooking, making all the dinner for that night. Eventually, Colette comes back and helps. Linguini mm-hmm. becomes the uh, waiter for the night on his roller skates, which dang he is good at. Like we do, we do not reference how good of a roller skater he is for just killing it in this restaurant. I guess it does. Actually, that's kind of nice that they sort of like uh, pay off the 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 roller skating scene from earlier when it was him and Colette. This is his thing. He's good at. She's good at cooking. I he's guess good at roller skating. <laughs> there you go. Um, Anyone can yeah, skate. Yeah, he goes there. <laughs> <laughs> Ego wants a fresh dish of perspective, which I, I saw what they were going for in this particular scene, but it was just weird. <laughs> I like Ego's character a lot, uh, especially just how how thick he lays everything on. Mm-hmm. Um, that poor waiter guy, like I felt bad for him. <laughs> um, but yeah, they eventually serve him. Um, Remy decides on serving Ego Ratatouille. Colette um, being like, yo, um, that's a choice. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, they make it creating this beautiful, beautiful ratatouille. Which, by the way, ratatouille, really hard to make. Um, I So, two friends of mine actually did end up making ratatouille. Again, it is uh, a dish that I think about at least a couple times a week. Like, it is, it is very good. <laughs> yeah, I, I used to make it. But it takes so long hmm. to make, um, just because at least the way I make it, because I make it very similarly to the how they do in this movie of like mm-hmm. put the sauce down and then put chop the vegetables up and put them over it. But slicing all the vegetables and then layering them out that way is what just the layering takes so damn long. <laughs> That's why oh, I but it looks it so pretty though. It does look pretty. I, I can't make it look nearly as good as it does when they plate that, but I can try. There you go. Anyone can cook. Yeah, I I can cook. It won't look pretty, but I can cook it. <laughs> um. Yeah. They they send this out to um send this ratatouille out to Ego as well as Skinner, who's just also out there ordering. Um, and it is amazing. Takes Ego back into his past, literally. And we see him getting served it by his mom back in his youth. Um, Skinner comes back. It's like, who made this ratatouille? Uh, and then he gets thrown in the closet with the health inspector. <laughs> um, so it's it's some equal opportunity being bound and gagged. Yeah, it's not just health inspectors that they hate. I guess. <laughs> it's capitalists, too. Yeah, as they should. Um they get there yeah, he gets thrown in there um ego is wants to meet the chef as he's surprised it's not linguini uh they tell him he has to wait we get this awesome and get an, another small montage but i love this it's like he just he asks the occasional question he thanks us for the meal and leaves oh chills 
It's good. I okay. I have so many feelings about this, and they're all they're all positive. Uh, one, I I really enjoy just going back to when he first eats the ratatouille. The 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 yet again a little laying it on thick, but like the dropping of the pen, uh, that little slow mo shot, uh, and and like that. It's analogous to like dropping one's ego again, laying it on a bit thick. But um, I, I I think it's nice that the um, like one of the sort of undercurrents of the film is is just that food is meant to be enjoyed and not um, uh, not taken as like self important uh like the 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 emotional uh parts of food like like the food your mom used to make when you were sick or whatever um like th- that's what that's what's important about food uh i think that's very nice and also just just how how um what's non-judgmental uh uh ego is in the end um with regard to remy and the whole rat situation yeah i love ego reading his review um mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like he's essentially just like yeah critics don't really have to do shit yeah <laughs> um, we don't do anything except for tell you when something is new is cool and let me just tell you this new thing is cool it is the greatest he says <laughs> and i quote nothing less than the finest chef in france absolutely i think it's a nice little um 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 like I think it's a, a well-aged, um, like bit of dialogue about how um, it's easy to be critical of something, um, uh, and obviously like some things are like like deserve to be cri- like critiqued, but uh, like the the work that gets put into making the thing is is far um, more tedious and time-consuming and, and laborious than uh, just like writing up a think piece on on a restaurant or a video game or a movie. Uh, I think it's a nice little moment of um, um, what's the what's the word? Uh, I'd say perspective. Like, like yeah, persp- yeah. <laughs> it's a fresh dish of pres- uh, perspective. He he did he would provide the perspective. Yes. <laughs> no, I'd love. I think the reason I love that so much is because you know that when they were writing that, when they were making that scene, that was that mm-hmm. was like the moment that they're like, this is about us. Yes. As much as it is about this movie. Mm-hmm. Especially like because it is I think it's it's important that this is an animated movie because it's uh it's a artistic medium that is often slept on and like people don't think about how how much work goes into it. I, I this is a a thing I'm like uh particularly passionate about because like some of my best friends are uh, are animators. Uh, and I, it, the, the work you have to put into like put together, like even just a short, um, like 20 second, uh, animation is a lot. So it's, it's nice that they were sort of able to, uh, use this movie as their little soapbox, um, for Pixar yeah, and for love, animators in general. I love whenever we get a shout out the people that actually make the things mm-hmm. because they deserve so much praise, especially with just how much shit they get. Because, like, everyone's a critic. Everyone's... Almost everyone's got something negative to say. It's why I tr- mm-hmm. try to keep this show to be largely positive. Mm-hmm. Will Arnett excluded from that. Um, <laughs> it's... I just... I love I love that message, and I'll never not love that message. Yeah. 
Um, well, you might be asking what happens next. Well, if you've seen the movie, you know. Uh, Gusto's get shut down. Uh, they kind of had to left, let the health inspector go. Because if, if we're being yeah. honest here, two dead bodies <laughs> in the fridge would be a much bigger problem than a bunch of rats. <laughs> um, Eagle loses his job and his credibility as a critic. But he becomes like a small business manager. <laughs> I think is what they said. Yeah, yeah because he's he's the one who is in charge of the new restaurant, La Ratatouille. Yeah. La Ratatouille. Um, which is like run by like Remy Linguini and Colette. And um, this is obviously the end of the movie, but there's two things I want to shout mm-hmm. out here with this. One, how awesome that sign is at the end. Of, I don't actually, I'm going to have to like look up a picture. It's literally, it's just like, it's just Remy in a chef's hat holding a uh, spoon. That's good. And it's my, great. Oh, this is very good. So, so my, my uh, general experience with the Ratatouille uh, especially like in the past, like uh, adulthood, <laughs> pretty much is that if I've had like a particularly hard day, uh, I will I will just put it on to fall asleep too, which does mean that I remember the beginning of the movie much better than the end because I very rarely make it to the end, because uh, <laughs> I'll have fallen asleep at some point. It's, it's it is it is decidedly my emotionally comfort movie. But yeah, the other thing I want to shout at the scene is just how nice that freaking like balcony area for the rats is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like all of the little like ladders and railing and stuff they have for Remy throughout the kitchen. It's just wonderful and I love it. It's a very well designed restaurant. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a nice ending too, just because everyone um uh well, you know, puts aside ego and and uh, in, including Mr. Ego, uh, they are just in it for like the love of the food um, and just having a good time with the people around them. And that is that is. Very sweet. It's Man. a very nice note to end the movie on. Yeah, and, that, and that's it. That is the end of the movie. Ratatouille. <laughs> one of the movies. I think this is one that's like. A lot of people consider to be their favorite Pixar movie, and I definitely understand why. I agree. I think this is this is uh, both my favorite and, in in my opinion, Pixar's best movie, uh, just on like a like thematic emotional level. Yeah, it's uh, definitely up. I know. I, I know a lot of Toy Story fans will fight me on that, but that's fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I still think it's it's definitely top three for me. I think the best is Toy Story three. Um, Fair. That's a good movie. <laughs> Yeah, for me, just for what it's worth, my top three, just off the top of my head, thinking about it, are Toy Story 3, Wally, and Ratatouille. In no particular order. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this this particular grouping, like, this era of, from, like, 2007 to 2010 of Pixar, and even, like, to now, with just the exception of Cars 2 and The Good Dinosaur, um, that emotional storytelling. <laughs> yes, and, yeah making it about the as way even more so about the characters than they already was mm-hmm. like they just they kill it yeah it's a very um a character driven story as opposed to like like we talked about earlier getting like like a, a goal accomplished or getting to a location like less less of a um less of like a like there's a there's a main overarching plot that we have to sort of accomplish actually like they don't they don't really introduce like the quote-unquote antagonist until like the last third um it's it's 
it's it's a little bit like Sp- spider-man 3 in a way that there is just like multiple like uh antagonists slash struggles that they have to go through go deal with throughout the the movie um but i think it's all balanced very well partly uh in th- <laughs> partly in thanks to all the montages just like um making the pacing uh like w- when talking about it, it seems weird but like it flows together very naturally i think when you're actually watching the movie yeah it's really nice and really well done I officially don't have anything else to say about this movie. I think we've really covered <laughs> everything. Do you have any other final thoughts? Oh, just that I love the uh, the and and um, or the theme song um, "La Feston by Camille uh, is probably my favorite uh, soundtrack. Well, track um, from any Pixar movie, and then maybe any like Disney movie as well. It's like I. I was fortunate enough to uh, to be able to go to Paris uh, several years later after after seeing the movie for the first time, uh, and you you best believe the entire time I was just like to myself humming. <laughs> it's it is so pretty. All right, that feels like a great freaking note to end it on. <laughs> um, Sammy, where can people find you if they want to keep? You up can with find you? me uh, <laughs> if you if you if you want. I don't often recommend it, but. Uh, I am uh, on Twitter at Dr. VMD, Dr. V-E-E-M-D. Awesome. Thanks again for uh, for coming on, mate. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was lovely. Mm-hmm. And thank you, everyone out there, for listening. I say this at the end of every episode, but you you hanging out listening to us means the world to me. I hope we're able to make your day just a little bit better. If you want to know more about the show, like when we are putting up videos, when we're looking for guests, yada, 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 you can find us on Twitter at D plus us. As a host, you can follow me on Twitter at GriffyDPad. That's G-R-I-F-F-I-D-P-A-D. And we will see you all in the next episode. But until then, have a magical day. <laughs>